those shadows are different like it's not this victim point of like how do I leave this type of relationship it's like how do I actually fall back in love because I'm, I've been so bruised before and I've been so high achieving and I don't you know they're just different types of conversations that I really wasn't seeing on the market so I created the rooms that I wanted to be a part of welcome to navigation and discovery with Cameron Singh thank you so much for tuning in today and you are in store for an amazing podcast interview with Laura Martin Laura Martin is uh, started this movement called Healing to Happy, which is a movement dedicated to helping high-achieving women navigate the complexities of modern dating. So on this podcast, this is a little bit different than previous episodes. We're going to be talking about trauma, relationships, and dating. So Laura's going to share her personal journey of how she navigated through her years of dating, relationships, and how she dealt with trauma and how she was trying to uh, walk away from trauma even moving out of the country and this is g- going to be an awesome conversation i know a lot of the work that she does is r- towards women but you are going to enjoy this awesome conversation and i think it's going to open up a lot of uh thoughts to a lot of things to think about when it comes to those topics so hope you enjoy this podcast interview with laura martin well, thank you, Laura, for being on the podcast. Happy to have you on and looking forward to our discussion today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, as we get started, um, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, and who you are. Yeah. So, I mean, my name is Laura Patricia Martin. I am the creator and founder of Healing to Happy, where I specialize in dating and relationships for high achievers that have been through some type of traumatic experience, and then they find themselves being very successful within their business and in their career life, but struggling when it comes to relationships. And that's usually because of an emotional or intimacy block. And so I specialize in trauma and somatic attachment therapy, which anytime I say that to people, they're like, okay, I get the trauma part. Like what the heck is somatic? And so trauma is stored in our body. And so somatic is soma, soma is body. And I help you repattern your subconscious programming and the blocks that are within your body, because a lot of us, you know, we've done the books, we've listened to podcasts like this, we've done the whole cognitive therapy, and we talk about it all the freaking time. And yet every time we enter into relationship, we're repeating these patterns. And so I help you completely shift what your subconscious reprogramming or your subconscious programming is to actually cultivate the relationships you want. Awesome. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about your story about what made you get involved in in this type of work? Um, take us back a little bit into kind of your story. Yeah, I have always been fascinated by the dark side of the human mind. And I grew up being one of those kids that was like, dad, take me to the state penitentiary for my birthday. Like, I want to go hear how these people thought. He's like, absolutely not, child of mine. Like, that's not happening. And I just kind of grew and I, I loved the brain, but then my life kind of took the trajectory that it did where I was sexually assaulted or raped at 19 and parents divorced. My mom died of addiction. I went on this really messy path of thinking somehow I could run away from my problems. I moved to Asia at the time and I thought if I just like ran far enough, it would all go away. And that's not how trauma works. And I ended up falling in love with an addict and repeating the cycles that my mom did and just all these things, getting into domestic violence, getting heavily into drugs, alcohol, um, under eating, over exercising, things like that. 
and just lost myself and to the point that, you know, I, I didn't know who I was anymore. And I hit a point when I was at 24, when it wasn't that I wanted to die. It's just like, I can't keep living this way. Like I can't keep doing these things. And somehow I, I mean, not somehow I sat down with a friend and she pointed me in the direction of learning about nutrition. And so I went to IIN and I started learning about food and it gave me a sense of purpose. And I built this really extraordinary company, like many high achievers do. It's like, oh, if I can just build enough success, I can outrun all of the shame I have about that chapter of my life. And I ended up burning out and I had no relationships and I got really sick. And that's when I just, something I see a lot with my clients and I had this as well, where it's just you think there's something outside of you that's somehow going to heal your past and somehow going to make you happy and somehow going to regulate your nervous system. And that hungry ghost that's in a lot of high achievers, I had that where it's like, well, if my body doesn't look a certain way, then it must be money. And then if it's not money, it must be love. And then it's not love because my heart got broken. What the heck is it? And it's those rock bottom moments where you're like, holy pickles, I am the common denominator in all of this and I need to shift this. And so I went on this whole journey of really understanding, not just studying what was going on in my patterning and why I was the way that I was, but actually feeling safe within my body, doing the somatic work and moving from my mind into my body that completely transformed my life. And I always make the joke that I'm an accidental entrepreneur because none of this was planned. Like my mess, my life was a hot mess express, but I just kept sharing and people kept seeing me transform. And they're like, I want to know, can I pay you? And I just kept like, you know, storytelling and things like that. And it just took off because I realized so many other people were on the same boat, but um, not having an outlet of how to get help with it. Mm. Uh, one thing I really enjoyed when we when we uh, started talking about uh, preparing for this podcast and getting to know you a little bit, um, I realized faith was a really big part yeah. of your life and still is today. And that's what we talk about on the podcast too. And I'm a person of faith as well. Um, so I how did faith help you through all the trauma and experiences that you faced, um, just what you described uh, mm-hmm. from your story? And how does it also help you uh, today? Yeah, it's one of those things that I think all of us do where we're like, I'm spiritual, but I'm not, I don't believe in God. And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Like, it doesn't, it, they're trying to like split these roles. And I was one of those people. At first, I totally distanced myself from faith and everything and thought the world was against me. Um but I also have always been spiritual, you know, my grandmother, very spiritual. Um, and then after losing my mom, I wanted to keep her alive in a way and heal that relationship. And I started to feel this call more and more to faith. And then when I moved back to the States, I wanted to find a community, you know, I, I know I think a little bit differently and especially living abroad for six years. Like I was just like, I need some place to connect to spirit and connect to God and find a place. So I just kept going to church by myself and finding myself there and finding community and finding people that had the same value system that I had. And it's those types of things that started to build this muscle. Again, at first I felt like an imposter. I was like, my life does not what coincide to what I would think faith is, you know, and especially because I went to the 12 steps and I did that and that's very forced upon you. And I didn't like the way that they were doing it. So again, I was like, I don't know where I fit here. Like, I, I don't know where I fit, but I kept trying because I kept feeling that pull within me. And so now it's something, it's like my backbone. I know no matter what, no matter like currently, even right now in this season, I took a big leap of faith in my life and I left everything I know and I'm shifting a whole bunch of things, but I know God got me, God has my back because I wouldn't have had the intuitive 
push that I had. And it's, it's one of those things. And it helps me feel like I'm never doing this alone. Like there's always a plan. And if I can just stick to that plan and, you know, my pastor said something yesterday where he was like, you know, we try to do things our way. And then we forget that I forget how eloquently he said it, but it was just like along the lines of like, we can do it our way. And it basically gets us nowhere and we're cycling through, or we can do it God's way. And that leads to God's way. And we get out of our own way. And it, it, we actually are completely blown away by what's the potentiality of life. And I've experienced that through my lifetime as, as many times as I try and control it and think I'm doing it on my own. I'm like, all right, there's a better plan. Okay, let me listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how was it? How were you able to find a uh, healing through it all? Hmm. Honestly, that's a really good question. Like, when did it like start happening and how did it? Yeah. How was was that journey of of healing? It was just instant, you know, as soon as I, because also to me, like, I don't have a protective father figure. I don't have obviously a protective mother figure. Like it just helped me lean into something and create that nervous system safety where like, I'm not on my own. And if I'm not on my own, then I have a healthy attachment to something and I can go explore and do these other things and start to create a different path. And so it's just been the leading force of what I've been doing, but I can't think of like a exact moment I guess it would be when I moved back to the states and I was just going to church and I was like why am I back in America like what am I doing here and I felt so alone and it just kind of Mm -hmm. assisted it has continually assisted me in that and like whenever I feel like I'm getting weak it's just I lean back and you know he comes in and he's that type of quote-unquote father figure Mm -hmm. that I don't currently have in my life Mm. So tell us a little bit about the work you do, Healing to Happy. What is that? And um, um, yeah, what is it all about? And um, what made you kind of go in this direction to start Healing to Happy? Yeah, like I said, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Like it wasn't a plan. I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I legitimately, I thought I was going to be a professor. I thought I was going to be a sex therapist. Um, But my cosmic joke is I was like I don't want to stand in front of people and explain the way that I think Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) and now I run a podcast and create digital courses and speak in front of hundreds of people um but I always knew I wanted a big life I always knew I wanted to change the world in some type of way I just didn't know how um and of course God led me on the path and the, the circumstances and I just started to shift and like I said my first business was IBS anxiety gut health public speaking events, things like that. And then it transitioned now into relationships and dating. I don't even know how, to be honest. It just, I started looking at trauma because gut-brain connection. I started studying that stuff. And then I got back into what I originally went to school for, which was sex therapy, relationships, things like that. And it all came full circle 10 years later because that's how life works. You're going to get there eventually. It's just an easy path or a messy path. I chose the messy path. Um, and so it's it's digital courses, it's one-on-one mentorship, it's memberships, it's podcasting, it's in-person events, it's speaking gigs, it's it's this whole transformative bubble that is really community forward. Cause I know a lot of people, when you're going on this journey, there's a lot of masterminds for like business and like getting mm-hmm. things done. But when it comes to like, what about the shadows that I have? And like yeah. being and being a high achiever, those shadows are different. Like it's not this victim point of like, how do I leave this type of relationship? It's like how do I actually fall back in love because I'm, I've been so bruised before and I've been so high achieving and I don't, you know, they're just different types of conversations that I really wasn't seeing on the market. So 
I created the rooms that I wanted to be a part of. <laughs> mm. I've really enjoyed following your podcast since we connected. Uh, so uh, tell the listeners a little bit about your podcast that you have. Yeah. So I interview the most extraordinary people where I want it to be the hub for anyone that's looking to heal their trauma and haven't, hasn't found their space yet. So I, it's a whole different bunch of different types of ways to heal your trauma. And I know I felt that where it was like one thing didn't work for me. So I thought I was so broken that then I'm, I'm screwed. I'm never going to fall in love. I'm never going to find my person. I'm never going to do the things because I just, I've tried quote unquote everything. And so I try to make my podcast, you know, I do solo episodes and we kind of switch back and forth between solo and interview where there are so many ways to heal trauma, you just have to find it. And so in our little bubble over there, we're just giving you so many resources until you find the thing that just like clicks for you. And that's what gets you over the edge and actually creates the life that you really want. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious, um, talking about dating and relationships, this is something that around my age group and even beyond that, I, I see this just... Um, quite often is when people are saying, you know, I can't find that person. I can't find that person. You know, I'm never going to find that person. And they get anxiety behind it. Um, and they get so focused on that, I guess, based on the work that you do. Um, I'm sure you've heard this before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where, where should people, what advice do you have for people that are kind of in this mindset? Yeah. <laughs> probably not going to like this answer, but it's a numbers <laughs> game. At the end of the yeah. day, dating is a numbers game. How many people are you meeting? How many dates are you going on? Not mm-hmm. in a way of like, I'm not getting attached to anyone. I'm just going on 200 dates. Like if you're going on 200 dates, that's, that's a you thing. You have to look at you, but um, like top of the funnel, like in anything in business, we just want to meet a whole bunch of people, whether that's extending your social circle and going out and doing things you don't normally do, joining a league, joining a networking group, getting out into the world, not just sitting because... Uh, the pandem- t- pandemic really messed with a lot of people's social anxiety and a lot of people's social cues, um, feeling confident in ourselves. We're very self-aware now, and yet that makes us very distant and afraid of people. And so the way to practice this is to get back into the world pre-pandemic. I know we're very comfortable being in our social media bubbles and you know, watching Netflix and doing everything through Zoom, but pushing yourself, taking yourself on solo dates, going, extending your social circle, making sure that whatever the sex that you're attracting is, how many people are you meeting in a week, right? That's going to very much create more of a top of the funnel strategy for you to meet the right person. If you're only meeting one person a month, not that you, you won't meet someone, but you're that math doesn't even make sense. Like that's going to take you a very long time to meet someone. Not that you won't meet someone, but it's going to take you a very long time. So it's really working that muscle because the more you get out into the world, the more comfortable you're going to feel. And of Mm. course you're going to feel like an imposter at first because we all get kind of nervous in front of people and things like that. But the more you do it, like it's so easy. Like for me, it's so easy. I actually just released a podcast on this with like creating invitations and meeting people because the more you do it, it's natural to just walk up to someone in a coffee shop or just join in on a volleyball match that's at the beach or, you know, talk to someone that's on a walk, like doing these types of things starts to um, expand your social network. And in that you meet more people and in that it's just math, right? It's just a numbers game at this point. Mm -hmm. And with dating in a relationship, I'd like to further a little bit. Um, uh, I hear this quite a bit is a compromise and compromise um, when you're in uh, something serious um, can be a touchy topic for some. And I've heard very different viewpoints, the entire spectrum of it. 
uh, what's, can you unpack that a little bit and, and what, what's yeah. compromised kind of based on the work that you do? Well, especially in our age group, right? It's, we all know ourselves at this point. Like we know mm-hmm. our routines, we know what we like, we know what we want. Like our standards are being messed up with expectations. And then we're sitting there going, well, I'm not going to compromise on this because this is my thing. And it's like, no, actually like pick three non-negotiables and that's it. And then everything else is a preference. And then when you can actually sit with someone and know that anyone, and this is the big thing, right? It's vulnerable for someone to challenge you. And we want someone to be just like us. And we want someone to have the same things as us and blah, blah, blah. They do the same things on the weekends and whatever. But really the person that's sitting across from you, you can learn so much from them. And that's where the compromise comes from is instead of being, instead of them showing you something different and then you, your ego being challenged going, oh, that must mean I'm wrong or the thing that I'm doing is wrong. It's just, you're learning something new. You get to choose if you like it or not. And that's it. And so you get to compromise with these kind of things where it's like, they're not going to be a copy and paste model of you just because they do something differently than you speak differently than you text differently than you communicate differently. Like it's just a learning edge. And then you get to decide if you like it or not, but to judge it right away. This is why we have a lot of, um, shortage of intimacy this is like mm. this is why i say all the time i'm like there's no shortage of dates you can open up your phone and get thousands of people to dm you like right now like it's really yeah. not that hard but it's actually the intimacy because we don't want to look stupid we don't want to be wrong we don't want to look vulnerable we don't want mm-hmm. to do these things and that's where we're getting in this gap of like well i don't want to compromise like my standards that's a red flag and it's like no actually you're just kind of stuck in survival mode right now and you don't know how to learn from another person without challenging your ego complex Mm. <laughs> and then you can kind of move from there and that's the work anytime it's not it's not right or wrong it's just can you just learn from the person that's sitting in front of you as opposed to judging and thinking you're right and they're wrong mm, that's an interesting perspective yeah yeah because uh, I'm one that could be very stubborn I'm always right <laughs> we it's, all are it's my we way all. or the highway <laughs> <laughs> we all are that was one of my biggest wounds is my self-righteousness where I was like yeah. I am so right in all these things, and but I kept getting my heart broken and I kept, you know, hurting people I actually liked because they're like, I can't even, one of my exes had said to me, he was like, I can't, it's not that I'm not going to, here's something that was well said. He's like, it's not that I'm not going to do something for you. I will always do things for you, but there's two ways of me doing it for you. One, I really want to do it. Like, I want to do this for you because I want to provide for you. I want to show up for you. I want to, one, the other one is I'm afraid to say no to you. Both mm-hmm. are you getting your way but there's one me wanting to do it and one me have to do it. Mm-hmm. And so when we actually learn to communicate with our partners and compromise and things of this way, we still get what we want. It's just learning from self right like letting that self-righteousness kind of be dulled down a little bit. Mm. That's pretty interesting. I want to take it a little bit further because oftentimes mm-hmm. compromise leads to conflict and conflict is, um, I think another thing I wanted to touch on is you know, oftentimes I've, and I've seen this a lot is one conflict and people are just done. They don't want to continue grinding it and putting the effort to continue on your thoughts on that. My biggest pet peeve in this dang dating world. It's no one has staying power anymore because it, it like, and I think this for two reasons. One, we have a lot of unprocessed trauma. So if we have conflict, all these like childhood wounds come up and I don't want to be abandoned. I don't want to be rejected. Blah, 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 blah. And so we don't have staying power and we don't realize we're actually just responding from like our seven-year-old self as opposed to like 
the 30 plus year old that's sitting here as an adult being like, okay, I can actually have a conversation with you and it can be heated and it doesn't mean you don't love me anymore. It's the staying power that a lot of us haven't seen because a lot of us grew up in divorce culture. We haven't seen conflict resolution skills. We haven't seen um, staying power. That That's a big one. And so when it comes to, and the other side of this is swipe culture. If we have a conflict, there's always like, well, I don't have to freaking deal with this. Let me open up my phone. There's someone that's a lot more easier to be with. And so we don't know before when we used to have a lot of, um, we didn't have swipe culture. I don't know if you remember those times, but we didn't have swipe culture. So it was a little bit more difficult. We had to sit in our breakups. We had to sit in the discomfort because if we wanted to go meet someone, it was a little bit more harder. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, if we go through a conflict, it's like, well, screw you. I'm just going to go on my phone and I'm just going to swipe and I'm just going to find someone easier. but so we don't there's two things there's the whole trauma background somatic part of it and then there's also the tech side of it and that's why it's so rare and valuable now when you find someone with that staying power where it's like actually i can have a conflict with you i can have a hard discussion with you i can debate with you even and i know you're not going anywhere because i'm not going anywhere and you just kind of build that trust with someone because conflict that's how you grow deep with someone. That's like mm-hmm. after three months and you're out of that love bubble and you actually have your first conflict, you see who you're with and it doesn't make it a bad thing. It's just, it's the truth of what a relationship is. It doesn't mean you have to scream at each other and have the drama. That's that's not helpful for anyone, but you're not supposed to agree with your partner all the time. You're not going to like everything they do. That mm-hmm. That's a fairyland that Disney really screwed us on. <laughs> yeah um what are some based on the work that you do what are some of the the a lot of the things that uh, i get i don't know how to say this but like a lot of the things that people are doing wrong when it comes Hmm. to that when it comes to conflict when it comes to uh, dating dating and relationships in general what are some of the misconceptions or my number one pet peeve i can tell you is dating apps and it's not that i don't like them no one's sitting in their breakups anymore. So it's a whole bunch of people that aren't sitting in their loneliness or healing their stuff and learning their lessons, just jumping on an app, thinking someone else is going to heal a thing. And everyone is just passing their trauma around and like pa- like all their insecurities and no one's healing anything. We're just using these things to distract ourselves. Drives me bananas. That's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, intimacy, vulnerability. A lot of us are, we're not vulnerable with ourselves. Um, we aren't sitting with ourselves. We're very distracted nowadays. And so when we get into relationship, when we get past that three month, four month, eight month mark, we now someone sees us and you have painted this picture of being perfect and well-rounded and confident and refined. When in reality, a lot of us are insecure. We have a lot of worthiness wounds. We have a lot of rejection and abandonment wounds. And so when someone comes up close and we're sitting in that space with someone, we bolt because we don't want that mirrored back to us. And we're not realizing that every single relationship we have is a mirror to what we have with inside of us. Mm. And so if you don't like what someone's doing, that is just your mirror, baby. Like that is when you get to lean in, you get to see why that is in your life and you get to do something about that. Whether you, again, I'm taking abuse and toxicity out of this, but like when it comes to actual, you know, healthy relationships, this is where we hit the wall because you don't have intimacy with yourself. You don't know what your shadows are. You don't know how insecure you are. You don't know that you are a flawed and beautiful human being. And when you can actually make peace with that about yourself and be this confident person knowing you are flawed, it doesn't matter what they find out about you. You you can hold that and it's okay. And so 
that's one of the biggest things is like vulnerability and intimacy with self, which is then being blocked and then jumping on dating apps just because you're lonely and insecure thinking somehow that isn't going to be reflected back to you because that's a hundred percent what's going to be reflected back to you. And you're going to be jumping into relationships far too quickly. You're going to be like, this is where we're seeing trauma bonds and people like, oh my God, I thought I loved them. I'm like, you knew them for two weeks. What do you mean? Like that makes no <laughs> sense at all. And these kind of things. Um, and then the third one is polarity. A lot of women are very much in their masculinity and that's who I work with is, and that's my movement that I do is called the pre-housewife movement. And we, especially high achievers, you're very in your masculine and you're taking away men's provider role leadership and cutting them down and talking to them like they're little boys or saying they're dumb and not letting them lead or do the things like chivalry because I could buy my own coffee and I could do this and I can carry my own bags and yeah. all this stuff. It's just polarity has been really messed up with this whole feminist movement. And it's not that I'm not for the feminist movement. It's just there's do there's two you know energies that happen it doesn't matter if you're female or male it's it's the energy of it masculine and feminine energetics it's how polarity works and so getting those things right which i see really messed up with the world lately and then we're wondering why you know marriage rates are so low and people aren't having yeah. kids and it's just this whole confusion and you know especially with men at least in the u.s women are 42% the breadwinners in households. And so this whole confusion of like, what is a man's role in a woman's life now? And these kind of things are very confusing for um, modern dating. We have, we haven't dealt with this ever in our lifetime. So all of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, w I wanted to go back to what we talked about early in the discussion is uh, trauma. And, you know, those, those listening might've faced different, different types or different forms of trauma. Um, and I think one of the difficulties with trauma is dealing with it. And, um, uh, I think going on that journey of healing, I mm -hmm. think what happens is oftentimes that suppress, that suppress way down there in the bottom of the barrel and it's never talked about or it's never dealt with. So what encouragement do you have for those that are listening who have faced trauma and what would be that first step? to move uh, towards healing with that trauma? Yeah. The encouragement is, I can tell you a story about healing mine, where I spent 10 years running from my past, 10 years. And I thought, again, if my body looked a certain way, if I made enough money, if I found the right guy, if I did something right, that hole in my chest would go away and I'd feel satisfied and I'd feel proud and I'd actually feel happy at night when I wasn't, my, my thoughts were super dark and I, you know, I got addicted to achievement. It's the post-traumatic growth you get, you think if I can just run far enough, somehow this feeling in me will go away. And the truth is that doesn't, there is nothing outside of yourself that can make that go away. And if you could just sit in it, I sat in it or I avoided it for so long because I thought if I sat in it, it would consume my life. Mm. I thought I would be the sad girl. I thought I wouldn't be able to hold it together. I thought my business would fail. I thought, you know, because at the end of the day, I was growing to be very successful. And I thought if I sat in my feelings, I'd be quote unquote weak. Um, I had no idea that actually if I just made time for it in my life in a healthy way and compartmentalized things, everything would 10x. And it did. My business, my life, my relationships, my health 
all the things I was so afraid would collapse actually amplified. And it's not to say to do it alone. That'd be the first step is a lot of us, especially high achievers, we don't want to feel weak. So we do it on our own and reading the books and listening to podcasts is great, Mm -hmm. but you can't see your blind spots in that. And that's the thing that trauma does is you have a lot of blind spots, whether it's your characteristic traits, whether it's your attachment styles, whether it's the way that you spend money, whether it's the way, you know, your health is the way you communicate, the way you show up your personality is all constructed around your trauma. And so you don't even know, like I said, with my self-righteousness earlier, that was part Mm -hmm. of my trauma response. And so it's these kind of things that you don't even see. And so when you can have someone you trust, you know, you love, and I wouldn't necessarily say a friend even, or a romantic partner, because those places get too sticky. Like someone that's like me or a therapist or someone like that, that can truly work with you on that. You'll get there faster. I'm not saying people in the space of studying and learning won't get there. Like I look at my own life. It took me 10 years. And then as soon as I started working with someone within months, things started to shift. It's not to say you won't get there. It's just the time period of which you will get there that matters. And so those are the two things where it's like, it's going to follow you. There's nothing outside of yourself that is going to heal it. Mm. It's not, you can't have any accolades that are going to outdo your past. And the sooner you face it, and stop running, the sooner your life actually does relax and you do actually feel that authenticity, that freedom, that happiness, that love, like your heart is just open, you're relaxed, you sleep well, you look well, like it's these kind of things that happen. And then the thing of getting the first of getting started is I get that you're that strong, independent person that like doesn't want someone to think they're weak or anything like that because you don't want to feel your emotions and blah, 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 all the things we all say. But when you start to work with someone, you really do compound that. And also for anyone that is struggling with regulating your nervous system, you do that through co-regulation. That's why working with someone is so great because self-regulating clearly hasn't been working. And so when you can start to co-regulate with someone that is well-versed in the subject of which you went through and you can trust so you can open up and your prefrontal cortex can come back online, you can actually get the results you're seeking so much faster. Mm. Wow. No, it's been interesting hearing your insights because I've never heard insights on trauma or dating and relationships from an an actual professional. So it's like I'm getting a coaching session on it. My pleasure. (laughs) Um, I wanted to, as we kind of wrap up our discussion, I really want to touch on faith. Um, So on this podcast, we bring people from all walks of life, faith, non-faith, and um, you know, something that I, I like preaching, you, you don't have to be a person of faith to to listen to this podcast. So we brought on pastors, um, believers, non-believers. Um, and I, I think we're at a time where people are starting to explore what faith is all about because mm-hmm. they see a missing puzzle, missing piece of the puzzle in their life. Um, so, you know, faith is a huge part of our lives. Um, and so why should one pursue to find faith in their life? If you're looking to find meaning and purpose and you think that has to do with how much money you make or what your achievements are and you think that's what purpose is mm-hmm. and yet you're feeling like that's meaningless. When you turn to faith, you realize that's just a bonus, right? There's a purpose that is so much bigger than what's in your bank account or the things you think are going to give that to you. And I feel like a lot of people are wandering for that. 
They're yeah. like, I'm trying to find some type of meaning in my life. I'm trying to find my purpose. Like, why am I here? And all this kind of stuff. And we're like beating ourselves to the grave trying to do that. When you turn to God, you're worthy just because you are. And that, and that type of way of navigating the world then helps you create the change you're trying to create and helps to lead you on the path you're trying to create and do those types of things. And so if you're feeling like you're wanderless, you're feeling like, you know, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And, uh, you know, those types of feelings we all feel like we all do, especially like as we get older, we're like, I'm confused. I'm like, I don't have any excuses anymore. <laughs> when you turn to faith, it's, it, it gives you that direction you know, over time, not, not to say I didn't just cry on a park bench the other day, praying to God, being like, well, what am I freaking doing? Like, uh, like those things happen, but, um, it gives you a break. <laughs> it sets you free. It really does to find the right kind of purpose would be my long-winded answer. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, how can people connect with you and the work that you're doing? Yeah, I'm most active over on Instagram. So my personal Instagram is it's Laura Patricia Martin. So I-T-S, Laura Patricia Martin. Sometimes people get that confused. Um, and from there, you'll find our podcast, our courses, all that kind of stuff, my content, all the beauty. You'll probably get a voice note from me being like, hi, <laughs> I like to hang out with you guys. Um, but yeah, from there, you can have a peruse around to see where you're at and see what lands for you. But just come hang out. Let me know yeah. what landed for you from this podcast episode. I always love to hear that. Yeah. And for those listening, uh, we'll drop the link to uh, Laura's Instagram and uh, website. And so you can connect with her and check out some of the work that she's doing. Um, uh, before we close out, I do have a bit of a rapid fire of questions just so our listeners can get to know you more. Perfect. Uh, we'll start with the first question. What's your favorite snack? Popcorn. Okay. Um, what is one bucket list item that you would want to do next? go to turkey oh why is that it, i want to go in the little caves and i want to go in the hot air balloon so bad oh, nice, <laughs> so <nice>. bad <laughs> um what what is it that you're reading today i am reading the soul untethered and then how to get the guy by matthew hussey mm -hmm. okay and I think that's, yeah, that's the last question. <laughs> the last question. Um, any final thoughts or words of encouragement to our listeners? Yeah. If you're here, you're here for a reason. The biggest thing with podcasts, I think, is we listen and we don't do anything. And I really want people to start taking action, not just consuming knowledge. And so I would love to hear, whether it's over on my Instagram or you share it with Cameron, it's like, what are you going to go do after listening to this? Go do something. Whether that's faith, whether that's learning to regulate yourself, whether that's, you know, finding self-love and confidence and what have you. Like, what's your next one step after listening to this podcast? And share with us what that is. All right. Well, thank you so much, Laura. I, I really, really enjoyed the discussion. I know we touched on a variety of topics. And for those listening, hope this helped you where you're at in your journey of life. And um, again, all the details to connect with Laura are in the podcast description. Um, Laura, thank you so much again for being on. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to Navigation and Discovery with Cameron Singh. 
I know this conversation was a little bit different than previous episodes, but I really hope that it gave you a lot of takeaways, food for thought, things to think about as we are wrapping up the year. Uh, What is it that you want to change as you move on to 2024? What is it that you can change today? You know, oftentimes we think about changing January 1st, going to start doing this or going to shift this. What is it that, based on this conversation, whether it's trauma, dating, relationships, anything that Laura touched on, what is it that you can change today or start thinking about changing today? So I really hope it sparks some amazing thoughts. Um, Would be awesome to hear some feedback regarding this episode. You can send me an email. You can connect with me at uh, CameronSingh.com. And I really hope this podcast episode was really valuable to you. Um, You can also connect with Laura. She has an awesome podcast out there as well. You can find the link in the description on whichever platform you're listening or watching on. So yeah, I also had a YouTube channel launched last week. You can find the link on my website, CameronSingh.com. There's all the episodes. Well, not, not all the episodes. I'm still working on getting the episodes up there, but gradually all the episodes will will get on there. Uh, It'll probably be a bit delayed for the newer episodes, but uh, you can go back and uh, watch some of the previous episodes. I know there's been a lot of feedback of people wanting the videos and just wanting some visuals. Some people are better at visuals. Some people like audio. So now you have some options. Uh, So you can go ahead and subscribe on there. And uh, thank you so much for all your support. Don't forget to subscribe uh, on whichever platform you're listening on if this is your first time. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode. I will be doing a Reflections podcast next week. And so be sure to tune in on that in between Christmas and New Year's. And so hopefully you can tune in on that. I'll keep it short so you can uh, easily uh, listen to that. And you're in store for an amazing interview as we start 2024. It's a surprise and it's actually someone that I heard speak and got the pleasure of interviewing. And so you are in store for an awesome interview with the start of 2024 with loads of encouragement and loads of wisdom coming your way. So stay tuned, uh, subscribe to the podcast. Um, Also follow me on social media so you can stay in touch. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.